Hello and welcome back to the First and Ten Fantasy Podcast. Um, joining me today, we've got David, you're right? Yeah, not too bad. How's it going? Yeah, not too bad. Um, yeah, not interesting week for the, for the Bears, I suppose. Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I love I love Kelly Herbert, and it was a good yeah. week for him. But yeah, the long term Justin Fields, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, was there? Yeah, definitely. Lots of questions from that one. Um, yeah. And uh, Miles, how, how you doing? Um, well, not not great because the Patriots are being the Patriots, and <laughs> Mac, who I don't like that much, is hurt, and I don't want him to be hurt. So you know. yeah. Yes, well, then I think uh, both us are. It's pretty fair to say we're not necessarily big Mac fans, but yeah, don't want to see that sort of injury. But no. I mean, sprained ankle when they're talking about surgery. I don't know, just don't <laughs> it feels a bit weird, doesn't it? With them, it's uh, yeah, it must be a bad one. And so that that picture will just get used forever as well, won't it? The, yeah, uh, him, yeah. yeah. I see every time we lose a game, that will come up, or know, every time we see Patricia call a play, that one. Uh, nobody, nobody wants to see Hoya the destroyer either, do they? No, yeah, it's that season. Yeah, this is uh, yeah, really looking forward to this. Um, yeah, what what a time to be alive. Um, well, we might as well talk about last week's um hits and misses. And David, do you want to go with yours? I mean, didn't do too bad, did they? But probably yeah, more to come so. from yours. Yeah, I had the two, didn't I? The David Seals and, and Tony Pollard can be used as Zeke. So the, the David Seals one, he had a pretty modest outing, to be honest. So not a hit at all, but um, still the highest snap percentage of all the uh, Giants wide receivers. Same amount of targets as previous, but only two receptions for 20 yards. Um, the only thing is now there's a Sterling Shepard injury. Does does his usage get ramped up? I mean, Golladay still wasn't part of it. He's, he was in the press moaning about it as well. He, he had a really bad drop last night as well on any... Mm. on one of the targets he did see. So there was talk today that um, they might even cut him soon. So there might still be an opportunity in New York. But yeah, last week it didn't hit. And Tony Pollard, he showed last night that you can be used with Zeke. Um, he was more efficient. He had 13 carries for 105 yards. Zeke had 15 carries for 73 yards, but obviously vaulted the, the uh, touchdown on the uh, one-yard line. Both of them over 10-plus PPR points. So yeah, I mean, that was a hit. So... Pollard looks um, looks as explosive as ever. Yeah, I think if you're playing Pollard and any time he gets double figures, I think you're sort of fairly happy with that, aren't you? Really, it's gonna have some yeah. bigger games than that, but if you get if you get ten plus points every week, you're sort of fairly happy, aren't you? Where he's probably in your lineups. Exactly. Yeah. What about you, Mars? Well, last week it was unpopular for me to say at the time, but I did say Tom Brady wasn't a good fantasy option, and that kind of came true. As much as I don't like to see him struggle, didn't have a very good game, mainly because his receivers kept dropping the ball. But you know, um, also kind of said that Romeo Dobbs wasn't ready, but he was, wasn't he? Like he was really, really good. He led the Packers in receiving. So yeah, that was a that was a good that was a good good e- uh, good evening for me. Yeah, he's gonna and, be a, he's gonna be a weird one going forward, isn't he? Uh, yeah, I think it depends. I mean, Rogers can trust him now, so. Yeah. Once that's happened, yeah, he can't trust the first round of Watson. So, yeah, we'll see. But I think that's yeah. the main thing is he's earning the trust of Rogers, and I think against the Buccaneers, he kind of proved that, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think both them quarterbacks in that game, the rookie receivers isn't easy, is it? But yeah, you show it a couple of times, and all of a sudden, a lot more comes your way, doesn't it, with them? Yeah. Exactly. So, Dobbs is the boy. 
He's, he's the pack he won't go for, is he? Yes. Awesome. Well, we will get on to week four. Is it week four? Because <laughs> we'll be losing track this early yeah. in the season. But um, yeah, so flying through the season. Um, we are going to look at a couple of games in focus, um, some of the biggest ones of the week. Uh, Miles, you have picked Bills versus the Ravens. I mean, pretty huge game. Two probably MVP favourites. It hurts up there, just ahead of uh, Jackson at the moment, but definitely two to the top three, I believe. Um, I mean, where do we start with this game? There's a lot to talk about. Well, first of all, why isn't it on prime time? Why is it just with the, lumped in with all the other? This should have been the, the Thursday game or the or the Sunday night or Monday night game, but it's just yeah, this should be a prime time game. But we can learn about that after. As someone who uh, struggles with late night games, I'm very grateful it's not. To be fair, gets <laughs> gets a, a half time, and I just struggle to like <laughs> stay awake through that. I'm fine until half time, then I will switch off. So yeah, I'm very. Well, then you grateful. don't deserve prime time. Yeah, it's fine by me. You can keep it after this last week. <laughs> Um, yeah, with this game, I just think, you know, from a fantasy standpoint, both quarterbacks are really, you know, solid locks for their rosters, really. They're just, you know, you're always going to start them if you have them. They're both playing out their skin already. Um, although when we get down to, like, running backs, that's where it's a bit, you know, a bit shaky. Like, yeah. James Cook, still not really the guy, although he did look good catch, uh, catching the ball uh, the weekend. Singletary had a great game, but he's just too inconsistent to be like a solid starter um, fantasy-wise. Um, I kind of really want J.K. Dobbins to be back in full form because he's great to watch. He's hard to bring down. He's a great fantasy asset when he's fit. But again, they've kind of seen the committee approach work to an extent, so and they might want to take a bit of, you know, the load off uh, J.K. Dobbins. So, you know, I'm not going to be trusting him this week, I don't think, in fantasy, but especially against that Bills uh, D. But I think going forward, J.K. Dobbins is quite a good player. So, you know, now he's back. Yeah. I'm really happy for him. Yeah, I really, I, I really like J.K. Dobbins. He was a massive value this summer. Some of the... Um... So, I mean, we did a couple of um, dynasty leagues and he was going around seven, eight, six, seven, eight. And he was, he was going sometimes later than that. He was a, he was a huge value wow. for me. I picked him up in some trades as well and redraft some early redrafts. He was going late and late as well in draft. So yeah, he was a massive value for me. I really liked JK Dobbins, but it seemed like the injury was massive for him. And it was worse than just an usual ACL. We mm. had hamstring issues linked to it as well. They gave Justice Hill quite a run out as well, spelling JK last weekend. So Justice Hill got quite a lot of work last weekend. Yeah. So what Dobbins did get last week, he looked good though, didn't he? Uh, yeah. He, what do you have? Nine carries, I think it was. Wasn't many more than that if it was more. But uh, yeah, so he did pretty well with what he had. But let's say this maybe isn't the week to be starting no. if you've got other choices. But so I think that's the thing. <laughs> it's it's just like it's a bit like the Bills uh, running backs, like. If you can start someone else, then you probably feel Do more it, comfortable yeah. with it. But I mean, they are sort of players that have a bit of upside. Singletary. I mean, I had to start Singletary in the podcast league, and that kind of paid off <laughs> yeah. for once. But yeah, they're just going to be hit and miss, aren't they? It's uh, yeah, yeah, it's rough if you're having to start them. But you know, they're kind of they're kind of best ball guys, really. Those are the kind of guys you want in best ball. Yeah, um, sure. you don't really want to be relying on them to start week to week. Yeah. So, I think I think eventually it goes to James Cook. I think it's just going to take a bit of time, you know. Yeah. Zach Moss is sticking around and single Terry is. I think eventually it goes to Cook. It's just when. Yeah. 
And do we, do we think that it's just the end for Singletary or can he still sort of be semi-relevant? Or is it is it just Moss that sort of loses out there or is it just all, all Cook eventually? I think, I think they're still using Singletary on early downs, I think. They're just both quite mediocre, Moss and Singletary. So it's like, whoever, I guess, whoever's just the most productive change of pace back, which is probably going to be Singletary, I think, going forward. But yeah, early downs, it looks like Singletary, then Cook. But that could switch over end of the season if, you know, Cook starts to show what we all thought he could do in college. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't got his brother's uh, build, but he, he runs very, very much like Dalvin Cook. Yeah. He glides like, like Dalvin does, but he just hasn't got the build, does he? It's, um, I mean, hopefully he can stay a bit fitter than a Dalvin Cook can, though. That'd be, uh, <laughs> yeah, that'd hopefully be nice. he doesn't have his shoulders. But yeah. yeah, it's um, a rough one. But, I mean, on on the Raven side, I mean, pass catches have been a bit of a, a tough thing for for them the last few years, haven't they? You never quite know who it's going to be, but I mean, well, it's only Andrews, ones. really, exactly, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. Is it yeah. any of these wide receivers that you, you'd want in your lineups, or is it just I a case of desperation I've started again? Bateman quite a bit. I've started Bateman in a couple of leagues the last few weeks, and really disappointing at the weekend. First two weeks, he didn't do a lot, and then ripped off a massive touchdown. So you kind of got, kind of got a bit lucky there, but he's not really, you know, he's not that productive and I, I'm this week I'm taking him out of my lineups because I just I don't trust him so he'll probably go off this week but um yeah just not really trusting Bateman at the moment I still think the talent's there he's a great player but um yeah like what? Andrews is is the guy really he's the number one target on that team and he's, he's one of their best players so just keep trying it to him Can't I lose. really like I like Bateman a lot. I think um, I think he's excellent. He's got the chance to be excellent. But the first couple of weeks, he was very touchdown dependent, wasn't he? Mm. Like you said, he wasn't getting the volume, was he? No. And, yeah, it, it, it's it's tough in that Ravens offense, isn't it? Because I mean, one they're ahead quite often, so uh, that's what the script doesn't always go that way, does it? But yeah, yeah it does spread around a bit. And obviously, Jackson's never going to be like don't get me wrong, he's a good throw, but he's never going to be sort of throwing it around tons and tons again compared to some of these other quarterbacks, is he? But, yeah. I mean, someone like Dev- Devin Duvernay is he? A, if you're if you're really desperate, is he? He's someone you can well, he's, a bit of upside. He's had some touchdowns this year. Yeah, he? he's been he's like one of the touchdown leaders, I think. So yeah, he's again he's again touchdown dependent, but he's been catching a lot of them. So you know, you never know. I I had him in quite a few leagues, and I've just slowly traded him away every year. Yeah. And now I'm kind of yeah. regretting it a bit because I mean not that I think he's like a stud or anything but he's a good depth piece to have and yeah. he clearly has a nose for the end zone so yeah in our, um, in our NFL group the question come in on Sunday didn't it is is Devin DuVernay legit and we were kind of like mm, don't know might be yeah he's a tough one but say with injuries coming up uh, sorry bye weeks coming up and then more injuries happening every week because you say he's someone that you never know you could see him in a few lineups I think yeah. just as a bit of a desperation a bit of some of a bit of a bit of upside um any anything else on this game because say it's, it's a weird one because well not even weird but you're sort of starting there's, there's a lot of studs in this game isn't there you just the no-brainer starts yeah but then on the other like with the bills Knox doesn't really seem like a good tight end option in fantasy, which is weird because he plays on such a good team. But I think throughout the season so far, he's had nine catches for 71 yards 
and no touchdowns, which even sucks in PPR. So there's not really a lot of, you know, there's not a lot there for him. They had him blocking on quite a lot. I think 20% of snaps in the first game. And that has that hasn't stuck around, but his production hasn't really gone up that much. So I'm, I don't, I, again, he's not really someone I would want to rely on um, as my tight end in fantasy. He was very touchdown reliant last year, wasn't he? Yeah. Very touchdown reliant. And I think that was due a regression this year. And I think that's hit a bit. And so even with Davis, not 100%, he couldn't really do yeah, much exactly. more, could he? So if he can't do it then, then... Mackenzie got a lot of work over the weekend and he seems to be a sneaky good add in. Well, I don't think he'll be on waivers anywhere, but... Maybe yeah. if you redraft leagues, you might get yeah. him, but yeah. But yeah, he looks... See. Looks worth maybe putting your line up if you know if Knox isn't catching the ball and you know uh, Davis isn't fully fit and uh, we uh, Diggs was banged up quite a bit in that last game so who knows but yeah McKenzie probably worth having at the moment I like him a lot but yeah he's another receiving option seems to be a much better receiving option than Knox so far yeah. for that team yeah for sure. Right, well, we will move on to David's game. Um, I mean, London games are back. I think we've got a pretty decent one. Um, probably better than some we've had in recent years, but um, it's the Vikings and the Saints. Again, plenty to talk about in this one. Um, I mean, where do, where do you want to start? Um, is is KJ Osborne, is he surpassing Adam Phelan as, as the as the Vikings uh, wide receiver too? I think like it this weekend, uh, isn't it? Yeah, I mean... His, his his role has slowly been growing. I, I mean, it's only week three, obviously, but his role's been growing. Um, Jack Jefferson's obviously the clear number one in, in you know routes, targets, snaps, everything. Justin Justin's the man there, but um, the uh, the competition there is not great. You've got Jalen Rager there. He played ten snaps in week two, and he played one snap in week three. And the comments on on Jalen Rager at both Eagles and um, the Vikings around the beat writers and stuff like that is that he's he's lazy and he, he doesn't really put it in in practice and, and that kind of shows with how much he's being used now and he's only just arrived there so there's not much else there apart from Justin Jefferson Thielen and, and um, KJ Osborne um, I like Irv Smith a lot he's the sole receiving tight end uh, there's only Johnny Munt and Benny, Ben Ellefson there and they're mainly for blocking duties Um Irv Smith saw two snaps in week one when he was back from finger surgery with zero targets. In week two, he had uh, 34 of a total of 61 snaps and he turned in five catches and eight targets for a touchdown. In week three, he had 37 of a total of 72 snaps. It was only a modest stat line of two catches from six targets. I also think now with the Dalvin Cook injury, there's every chance that the Vikings go more pass-friendly as Kevin O'Connell, their coach, is from the Rams and they were very pass-heavy. They they've kind of been confused in how they want to play this year. They've always had the run cook, the run mm. the run cook, the run game under Dalvin Cook. But it's like they don't know really what they want to be. You don't know really what the Vikings are at the moment. I still think they're trying to work that out. But I think they, there's a chance they go more pass heavy, and I think that could mean an uptick in use of uh, KJ Osborne. I liked him last year as well, and he he had a few spike games last year, and I just think his role's increasing really. Yeah, he's um. He's definitely a player that there's an opportunity there for him, isn't it? So you said feeling does look like he's uh sort of dropping off a bit and um you say he's uh not getting any younger, but say it's definitely a, an offense that can support 
a couple of uh, receivers, isn't it, for sure. Um, is, is there anyone else in Minnesota that you would like, or is it just Jefferson, Cook, Matterson, if Cook's not playing, but... And then is it Osborne or is it anyone else? Obviously Smith, but is he someone you can start week to week? Um, I think as the season goes on, I think Irv Smith will be someone that you can start because I think he's clearly the the pass option there. And I think if they do become more pass-centric, then I think he's definitely one, one of the options there. He's a, he's a really good receiver as well. I mean, he's he's another one of those, basically a big wide receiver, isn't he? So I think he's... He's got a very good speed score. I think he ran in the 450s for, for his 40 as well. So Irv Smith's got a really good profile as a, as a receiving tight end. But yeah, I just think it is, it'll end up being Justin Jefferson, KJ Osborne, Irv Smith. And, you know, if they become more pass-centric and there's a feeling injury, then in KJ Osborne, you could have a clear wide receiver too in a very pass-centric offense as well. You don't, I mean, you don't know how Dalvin Cook's going to go with the injuries either. So... Yeah, I think there could be a switch in in for the Vikings. Kevin O'Connell was the um, offensive coordinator for um, Sean McVay in, in LA, and he, they were very pass centric. So that could be on the way. And there was a big role for Higby, obviously there, and that, that could be on the way for Irv Smith. But yeah, I'm I'm all in on uh, KJ Osborne. So I expect him to crash this week. <laughs> Is he going in all your lineup straight away, or are you still waiting to see? I've got a couple of rebuild squads with him where I picked him up really cheap because I, yeah, I liked him last year. So I, I've been playing him anyway. So I've played him through the bad weeks and then I've got the nice week last week. So Fair play. And then um, on the Saints side, another wide receiver. Um, I mean, Chris Alave. I mean, is he the wide receiver one there or is, it, is he going to be soon? Yeah, I, I think that's on the way. I mean, immediately from week one, he had the second highest snap rate of all the wide receivers in, in New Orleans. So his role has been steadily expanding um, over the first couple of weeks. Um, week two, he saw the second, second highest number of snaps again out of the wide receivers, but he saw a huge 14 targets. I mean, you, you'd rarely hear of a mm. wide receiver getting 14 targets in his second game. And he turned like five of those into catches for 80 yards in week three Chris Olave actually led the team in snaps route runs targets and receptions I mean Jarvis Landry and Thomas picked up injuries and that would have played a part in it but his role has been increasing week on week and he is I've just read a stat as well just now he is the leader in air yards in the whole NFL I know part wow. of that is obviously Jameis yeah Jameis don't mind lobbing it down there but I mean, Alave is going to catch a lot of those soon, and I think, I think there could be some uh, some big splash plays from Alave on the way. But yeah, I think he's well on the way to wide receiver one for the Saints. You never know what's going to happen with Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry is um, he is what he is. You know, he's a volume receiver. But um, yeah, I think wide receiver one is well on the way for Chris Alave. He's got a he's got a wide receiver two floor. And he's got a huge wide receiver one as he's stealing. So, I mean, he's not going to be available anywhere. But And you've probably lost the chance to pick him up cheap. But, yeah, I think he's um, he's well on the way. He's, um, he looks like an incredible talent, doesn't he? Um, I mean, look, look good coming out and then landing in a good spot. And he's taking a fight straight away. I mean, in terms of trading for him, I mean, whereabouts? Where, where's the line for him? Where, whereabouts? which players would you have over him now like because i mean obviously he's young he's got a great situation and looks like he could be there for years to come is it, 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 are you trading some of these more veteran players and just getting him and 
taking the upside has come in or whereabouts would so, he fit for you? Yeah, I got um I got Chris Alave in one of the um the FA FA uh, first and ten leagues. And um, I basically traded away uh, Kai Rudolph, Jimmy Garoppolo, Chris Godwin, Isaiah McKenzie, and I got back uh, Jameis Winston, Chris Olave, uh, 23 second and the 24 first. That's pretty good now. <laughs> and that was just before the season because I, I thought I'd take a gamble on Olave and, and Chris Godwin's injuries were worrying me. So, yeah, um, I've always liked Jameis Winston as well. I know you have as well, Dave, but we don't mind him. We don't mind him chucking it up. He's better than the boring, <laughs> boring guys, isn't he? Yeah, so. for sure. So I've, I've always thought he's one of the most talented players in the league. He's just a bit of an idiot. And uh, <laughs> But like just on pure talent alone, he is incredible. And I mean, for fantasy purposes, he's uh, yeah, he's right up there, isn't he? Um, <laughs> you, you, like It doesn't really matter if he's going to throw a couple of picks because he's going to try and make up for them later on. So for players like Alave, that's... Uh, that's a real boost, isn't it? The only the only worry around Jameis is the reports that he's playing with back fractures, which yeah. doesn't seem good at all. So that's the only worry because if Andy Dalton comes in, then the larvae ceiling might not be so high because Dalton might target the volume and, and the safe receivers in Landry and, and Thomas. But um, if Jameis is there, then yeah, it looks good for a larvae. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, we will be covering that game this week. Um, I might be there Thursday at practice and press conference on that, but we definitely got people there Wednesday and Friday. So make sure you follow us on all the social media and all that shit. Um, so hear all the latest from Saints and Vikings camps. But um, right, we're going to move on. Instead of doing uh, more games this week, there's only three of us. We're going to just sort of go around the league a little bit and delve into some subjects that should be pretty interesting to talk about. Um, first up, we have got DK Metcalf. Um, I mean, a bit of a weird player, really, isn't he? Because, I mean, he's got a very definite ceiling this season with Geno Smith there. But come next year, is he going to be worth way more? Is he someone that you should maybe target now and sort of take... You can probably get him as cheap as he's going to be? Or or you just sort of staying away and avoiding that risk? Either you can jump yeah, in. <laughs> yeah, I've tried <laughs> to... Um... I've I've tried to get him the last three couple two to three weeks just because I think that um, Gino Gino targets him quite a lot anyway. I mean Gino isn't great, but he t- he does target DK a lot. He did it last year. The couple of games he come in for Russ, he targeted DK a lot. And I don't I think people are down on the Seahawks. They're down on Metcalf, and I just saw it as a good chance to get him because, like you say, if the Seahawks get a, um, another quarterback next year, then. Who else is he going to target but a, a six foot uh, guy who can run that quickly? So, yeah, I like I like Metcalf a lot. And um, so, I mean, what what do you think his value is? I mean, do you think you're going to get him for a first, or is it more than that? Is it first or plus a, another receiver or something like that? Maybe something that can help someone a bit more this year. Someone someone a bit more win now. Yeah, I think um, he's definitely more than a first for me. But um, yeah, he's probably a player plus or or yeah. a first plus. I think. Yeah, yeah. So he's going to be um, still fairly expensive, isn't he? But say so probably if you can get the right up person who's a bit, so to say, a bit down on the Seahawks, then um, he's definitely someone that you can uh, you can target and probably feel pretty good about. Um, next up, we've got Khalil Herbert. I mean, yeah. What 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 a week for him! Um, I mean, some some random starts of him, and uh, yeah, paid off with uh, Montgomery going down and then him coming in, absolutely tearing it up. Um, I mean, 
pretty obvious starting him this week. But going <laughs> forward, what, what do you think the forecast is for Herbert? Oh, I was expecting David to jump in because he loves Sorry. him probably more than I do. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, if if Montgomery is not going to play, then, yeah, you start Herbert. But I just I still think that they do like him quite a bit, so it's going to be quite hard. Um, although there was a lot of talk in the offseason about Herbert being um, a lot better for the system than Montgomery. Maybe that has shown, but I also think that Herbert's just a better talent. He's just a better runner. And I think Montgomery has sort of been a situation over talent guy. Like he's in the right spot for him to be productive. Whereas I feel like Khalil Herbert is just a better runner. That that is really that simple, I think. But he should be, I mean, I'm going to start him this week. I don't care. I started him last week and it paid off. I started him in a, a league that I had absolutely... I had Elijah Mitchell out and traded away at J.K. Dobbins earlier on in the year, doing a mini rebuild there. And I thought, right, got no one else to stick Herbert in, and we won the match up. And yeah, love the kid. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm glad you left me this little section because I've been banging the Khalil Herbert drum for ages. Um, when him and um, Elijah Mitchell come out. They were my two sleeper uh, running backs out of the class. So I, I watched quite a lot of them and I've researched both of them quite a bit. So when he ended up at the, the Bears, I was like, well, I've got to really keep an eye on him. And like you say, he's just so much more explosive than than David Montgomery. I don't mind Montgomery, but he's a bit of a plodder, really. Is it David Montgomery is a good pass catcher as well. He's, he's just a good all-round back, Montgomery. But Khalil Herbert, explosiveness is off the charts compared to Montgomery. He can catch as well, but um, like you were saying earlier, Luke Getzey come in as the uh, new OC at Chicago and he, he runs a wide zone scheme and lots were saying, the beat writers were saying that it's much more suited to Khalil Herbert and his skill set. So, yeah, I wasn't surprised to see him go off. He come in from Montgomery last year in a couple of games and, and um, performed much better. His efficiency is much better than Montgomery's. Montgomery's in his last year, so they've not real got any commitment to him, but... Um, yeah, I, I've always been on, on the Khalil Herbert um, train. So, yeah, I'm, I was really happy this weekend to see it. And especially as, as we won a game as well, because I don't think that's going to happen much. <laughs> I mean, has the time passed to get him at any sort of reasonable price now? Or do you think you still sort of sneakily get him? I think I've got him everywhere. So you'd have to get off me. It's <laughs> me, me or Miles, because I know Miles. <laughs> yeah, I've got him in one of our leagues. Yeah. Yeah. So I think he's, he's going to be tough to prize away from anyone now, isn't he? Um, yeah. Next up, we have the Broncos. I mean, all I've written down is, what the fuck do you do with their players? Because, <laughs> um, I mean, can you even start any of them anymore? Like, how Like, I mean, how bad does the rest of your team have to be for you to want to start any of their players? Because, I mean, this offence looks, just looks woeful, really, doesn't it? The running think, game looks okay, but, I mean, outside of that, it's uh, a struggle, isn't it? Yeah, I think Sutton is an okay play. I think he yeah. seems to be a good go-to target for Russ, but it's still not pretty. And yeah, I think Sutton and Javonte are like both safe-ish plays, but they don't seem to want to give Javonte a bell cow role. So he's not going to be, his his ceiling's capped really, isn't it, at the moment? But yeah, I'm kind of steered well clear of every Denver Bronco player I could, other than in our podcast league, I've got Russ, which I'm not actually thrilled about at the moment. He, he, he's tough, Wilson, because where he's been drafted, it's, 
it's hard not to start him, but uh, mm. yeah, it doesn't feel good when you when you see him in the lineup each week. That's for sure. Um, I mean, David, you you like to pick up some players when they're on at the right time. Are, are you going after any of these receivers at their sort of lowest point, or is it just a just a mess of a situation? Yeah, so I, I got quite a lot of Sutton in the summer because um, people were down on him last year. He wasn't great last year. He was just back off the ACL, barely had a quarterback, and they seemed to target Judy more last year. So I, I really liked Cortland Sutton from a couple of years ago. You, I think I said to you a couple of years ago that I really liked him. But um, he's he's been fairly consistent, to be fair. He's, he's had um, 28 targets over three games, and he's not been below double figures for PPR points yet. He's 11-20, 19-70, and 17-70. So he's, he's been the one consistent, really. But it, it just... They just look like a team in in the midst of pre-season, like football, yeah. really. They're just struggling to know who they are, what they want to do. Um, I listened to the Athletic podcast and Robert Mays and um, Nate Tice, they, said they, they predicted these struggles because they said Wilson's going to really struggle with the Hackett scheme. And it just seemed like the Broncos hired Hackett to get Rodgers and it didn't work. Mm, and yeah. it's... It's like a mishmash, really, now. So I don't, I don't really know what they're doing going forward. But um, Tuesday, the Broncos announced three new coaches um, yeah. to try and fix things because um, Hackett's been getting a bit of stick. Mm. Uh, they brought in a guy called John Vieira, who goes back to UC Davis with um, Hackett. But he basically is going to come in and coach the coaches, apparently. Yeah. He's got some undetermined role, but he's going to help on all fronts, apparently. So I think they know they need a bit of help. Yeah, it's um, it's a strange, strange situation there, isn't it already? And uh, I mean, yeah, for someone who um talks about how hard he works, he doesn't look like he's <laughs> sort of built up much this off season, does he? With uh, the rest of those Broncos players, but um, yeah, bizarre situation in Denver for a team that I mean, a lot of people liked, didn't they, as a sneaky team coming in with all the all the stuff they've done? But yeah, not paying off right now. Um, we'll move on to the Tennessee Titans. I mean. Quite a lot of stuff there. It's quite interesting. I mean, first up, how long before we get to Malik Willis? I mean, David, do you want to take that on? Yeah, I, I mean, they've got to take a look at him at some point this season and there's going to become a point probably when their season is lost and there's, they've not got much left to play for. So it's just how long Mike Vrabel, the proper football guy, wants to <laughs> with, uh, with Ryan Tannehill before he, he gives Willis, Malik Willis a go. But... um. Yeah, I, I think we we could see him um, yeah, weeks 9, 10, 11, hopefully. I, I really like him as well, so I'm biased, but I really want to see him, some of them runs pre-season. I mean, his, his passing was very, very raw, but I just want to watch the guy run. I mean, he was brilliant in pre-season. So it's just how long Vrabel sticks with Tannehill. They can get out on Tannehill next year for next to nothing as well. So, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But, yeah, I want to see him. They got by in week six. Do you think week seven might be the time, or is that going to be a bit too soon? Because I mean, they're obviously still going to be well in the race at that stage. I think Vrabel will will keep Tannehill as long as possible because he's a proper football guy. Isn't <laughs> yeah. He? Yeah. <laughs> he wants to make Malik Willis earn it, and you know, yeah. you know what he's going to be like. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know about week seven. Yes, it's a bit soon, isn't it? Say so by tends to be a time when they can make a change, but. Yeah, maybe if it was like a week 10 by, then maybe uh, they do it. But yeah, seems a bit early that. Um, well, still on the Titans. I mean, Burks is, I mean, he had a lot of uh, a lot of talent coming out. Um, some people harm him, some people lowering him. But 
I mean, he hasn't really sort of done what we'd hope he would do so far. But I mean, how long does how long until he does become a a real feature of the offense, Miles? Um, it's it's really tough because they week two he had a thirty two percent target share, so he was like the focal point of the passing attack in week two, and then either side of that, yeah. the sandwich between. 16% target share in week one and week three, 7%. Like, yes. you know, I, I get that they were running the ball quite well and whatever, but I, I don't know. Again, because Tannehill isn't really blowing anyone away at the moment, they're probably not. I just I just don't think they're really going to focus on Burks at the moment when they're just trying to make, make sure Tannehill doesn't, you know, throw the game away every week. So uh, it's tough, but I think if you're buying Burks, just go for it because the talent's there and talent is one of the things with the wide receiver where it just stays, whereas running backs are more dependent on situation. But Traylon Burks, I just think, you know, the talent's there. He's a great player, very physical. Just go get him. Um, and they've not really got many other players to throw to on that team. So, like, the tight end position there, they've got Jeff Swaim and Hooper, but Hooper's put up 8.4 points across the season, whereas Jeff Swaim's nearly doubled that. So, and that, you know, Jeff Swaim isn't anything. So, yeah, I just think, you know, Burke's target share's not been there this week, but they're just clearly a very inconsistent team. And, you know, they struggled to get Henry going for two weeks, and then last week he was fine. So I just think by the dip on Burke's, because the only way is up from a 7% target share, really, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Well, you mentioned Henry. Um, I mean, are we, are we seeing the, the real decline of Henry? Is this, is this sort of yes. where he falls away? Are we, are we going to be looking at him next year as someone you just can't even trust? Because, I mean, that sort of running back, they tend to fall away quickly, don't they? I'd say yeah, much I, you can. Yeah, I, I read somewhere last week that for, that historically, the people that have had that usage previously in the NFL have rarely gone on to do anything. I mean, I know he's a he's a phenomenal talent and he's he's been brilliant for the last maybe three to four years. But I just think um, I'd want out anywhere where I could on him at the minute. I'd, uh, I wouldn't want him long term. I just I think yeah, I, I think he's going to slow down and. Um, yeah, I don't see the longevity in, in Henry now. He's struggled the first couple of weeks. He did well last week, but yeah, he's not someone that I'd want to own going forward. I mean, is he someone that everyone's so down on that if you are on a contender, you could maybe go and get and maybe just get one last year out of him and maybe do something with him? Because, I mean, I don't know many people that own him that aren't trying to <laughs> trying to sell him. So if you can get him relatively cheap, is he someone that can maybe win you a title this year and then just sort of, Looking at it short term, <laughs> yes, yeah, the issue is what you what you'd have to pay for him, though, isn't it? Because yeah. they're not going to want to sell cheap. I mean, if you drop dropped an offer of a second in, they just they. I mean, I don't know if I could take that for Henry, but then yeah. is he worth a first? So I don't. It's he's in that middle ground really of where he's he's still got decent value, but he can't be too cheap. So it's, yeah. yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah, no one's really going to pay it, are they? That's the thing. It's just hopefully finding someone that can. Uh... And maybe their their season is over in a week or two, and uh, looking to just sell off anyone like him. But um, just on um, Traylon Burks from previous, his his peripheral metrics suggest that a, a breakout and and some performances on the way. And like Miles said, I think it's a good time to get him. Yeah, for sure. 
know, that, that Titans offense is going to improve because I mean it's pretty awful at the moment, isn't it? But um, I, I, the only way is up from for them, I think. And I, I, I think Vrabel's a good enough coach; so they will sort of sort something out, even if it's not incredible. I think it will get better, won't it? And so we'll move on to surprise team of the season so far: the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, went in and blew away the Chargers last week. Um, two players that really stand out there: uh, Christian Kirk and James Robinson for me. Um, Kirk, the man they paid, made a big, gave him a big contract in the offseason, and James Robertson coming off that big injury. Um, but both have looked great so far. I mean, are they for real? Um, are they players that you can trust the rest of the season? Are they going to be players that can win you a league, or are you just selling now, getting whatever value you can for them because it's going to even out soon? I mean, David, what, what do you think? Um, well, James Robinson has put the whole Achilles injury is a killer for running backs theory to bed. He, he's absolutely yeah. smashed it so far this season. So um, I, I think if you're a contender, I, I'd keep James Robinson because he, he catches. He's a good running back. I think he's excellent. And um, yeah, if you're a contender, contender, I'd look to be keeping him. But if you if you're not a contender, then you probably sell to a contender. I think you'd easily get a first for him. So. Yeah, it depends where you where you are as a team. Uh, Christian Kirk, I I've traded for in a couple because I just want that volume he's getting. He's literally Trevor Lawrence's go-to guy, so I want that volume. And I've been playing him as well, and he's he's been he's been doing really well. So yeah, I think Kirk is a is a buyer for a contender. But both of them are probably if you're not contending a sales, and you and you'll get good value for both of them as well. So these are these are these are guys that are good for contending teams and for teams that want to sell because there's there's value in both of them. Yeah, sure. Um, Miles, you like you like Kirk? Um, well, I wasn't a huge. I mean, I think Kyler Murray made me like him, and yeah. I think he. I I didn't. I wasn't buying the whole seventeen million a year thing when it, when he signed the contract. I thought that was ludicrous. And I still do think it's a bit much, but he's played well, and Trevor Lawrence likes him. And I guess when you're trying to build a franchise and you know build around your franchise QB. You just got to surround your QB with guys he likes and will happily throw to him. That's what's happened. So, yeah, I think PPR, as as David said, he's just getting a lot of volume. So, if Trevor wants to throw to him, then why not? I mean, I'm not paying a first for Kirk, but he's definitely got a lot of value right now. But I'd still be all over selling him for as much as I could if I had him anywhere. But I didn't, I mean, sadly. I mean, if, if if you had him and someone comes and offers a second, are you taking it or are you holding on? So the thing is, he's in that weird dead yeah. zone where no one yeah. wants to pay a first, but no one wants to sell for just a second. Yeah. So it's, it's oh, a bit yeah. like Henry, really, isn't it? It's the same sort of situation, but obviously yeah. different ends of uh, careers and stuff. But I got a uh, Kirk recently, and I'm on a I'm on a contender, and um, I traded Paris Campbell, Greg Dulcich, and a second for him. So probably about even, I think. Really. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Um... If he keeps this up or even close to it, yeah, it's a big win for you there, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, Dulcich was going in the second round of a lot of drafts, so I guess that's what two seconds really plus yeah. Campbell. Campbell, yeah. And so yeah, maybe two seconds is his price. Yeah, I, I think I, say, I think if you if you can get him for something like that, then uh, it's definitely somebody that can can do something for you going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll move on to the de- very depressing New England Patriots. Um, <sighs> Uh, tough times. Um, we'll, we'll look at the running backs because <clears throat> the most interesting thing about this team. I mean, Stevenson just keeps coming yeah. along, doesn't he? And um, so I know me and David chatted a bit in the off season about Harris long before people, other people started talking about. I was down on Harris, um, but I mean, 
how do you feel about these starting week to week? Do you start both? They're just one of these teams where you happily start both or? Well, in one of my leagues, I've gone both. I've actually got both in a couple of leagues, and I've I've started Harris pretty much every week because he's still he's still okay, and Stevenson's a bit more boom or bust. But I think by the end of the season, Stevenson's just going to be the flower. I'll be one of the team because he is he is better. Like I think Harris is a good runner, and I think if he goes elsewhere, he could be a lead back somewhere else. But I think from a long term dynasty standpoint. I'm I'm one I'm one in uh, Stevenson every single time because he's ju- he is just fantastic to watch and again we do run the ball well as a team so you can kind of put anyone in there which is almost a problem because we're running it too well because yeah. we can split carries so well that no one gets that bell cow role so you kind of need one to get hurt for the other one to have any sort of <clears throat> proper value. Does the Mac Jones injury? sort of help them or hinder them because I mean I assume the Patriots are going to lean on that run game even more but does it make it more obvious that that's what they're doing and or can, can I can they still be good even with Hoyer at quarterback oh don't say that um <laughs> I, just, I, I think because we've just been a run first team for a while now it's like I think we will just still run the ball and we yeah. do run it so well we can you know been picking up like eight nine yards on on first down sometimes so I think I think we will still lean on the run quite a bit, take the pressure off whoever is a quarterback. Doesn't necessarily have to be Hoyer, could be Bailey Zap, you know, but or Cam if he comes back. But yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think just the Mac, Mac Jones has actually stretched the field a lot more this year than I thought. So maybe his him missing time is actually going to affect the run game a little bit. But I still think because we are just so good at running the football. It shouldn't hinder it too much. But even even then, both running backs, Harris and Stevenson, are still fantasy headaches because you never know which one's going to be the the guy week to week. But they're both fine in the flex because you don't expect your flex to be someone to go off and be a stud. So, yeah. yeah. They're definitely players that can get a touchdown or two on any given week as well, aren't they, for that little bit of upside? But, yeah, I mean, we won't waste long on this, but, I mean... Is Hoyer anything but a desperation play? Is yeah, any, yeah, any, anyone it. feel confident in him? No, I don't want no part of Brian Hoyer. I've seen enough of him. <laughs> I'd rather play a, like a wide receiver or running back in a super <laughs> flex spot. If if it was between that and Hoyer, I think I would just, I just, I'd rather put, put Herbert there. Really, Khalil Herbert. Yeah, it's one of them where you know your team's pretty bad if you're thinking about yeah. putting him up on you. So <laughs> depressingly, I'll have put a couple of claims in for him uh, this evening. So great. I actually think I might have him one as well. Oh, but so yeah, it's, it's I, a, I, um, horrible time. I really like Damien Harris as, as a real life player. I think he's a really, really good runner, and I really like him. Uh, he's catching more this year as well. I used him catching more, but in fantasy, he's just he's he's kind of got a ceiling, hasn't he? That he never really mm. goes through, but um. You know what would happen there, though? One of them would go down injured, and then Bill would all the way out of the blue use Pierre Strong or something. <laughs> you know what Bill's like. So, I just, you just over the years, I've just never been able to decide or never trust what they're going to do. So, yeah, I do like Damien Harris. But, Dave, you, you used to mention way back before anyone else picked up on it that the, the Patriots could have traded him because they picked yeah. up the two running backs in the draft. And you were saying it wouldn't surprise you if they traded Harris. And, and when you look at it, I was like, yeah, it's. They really could trade him, but yeah, they kept him. This is last year, isn't it? So yeah. he's it, gone. Next year. 
it still wouldn't surprise me if in a few weeks' time he's somewhere else. And yeah, because it's just what the Patriots do, isn't it? It's, I mean, the writing's been on the wall for him for a while. I think it's just say like, the Patriots rarely pay a running back another contract, do they? Especially that type of running back is different for like a mm. a James White or someone. But yeah, for that sort of player, they don't often stick around for too long in New England. And yeah, it's I say he's been a decent player, but. I think he's very replaceable and say, so, I mean, Stevenson's a good per- person to have there, but um, finally, b- before we move on to our college player this week, um, talking of depressing quarterback situations, <laughs> um, what are we doing with Justin Fields? Because <laughs> I think, I think all three of us like Fields and yeah. like his talent, but I mean, this has been, it's been rough, hasn't it? It's been a rough start. Yeah. I, um, I might go on mute to be honest. I, um, <laughs> I really, I really, really love Justin Fields. I was so happy. I mean, we was on the messages on draft yeah. night, and when we got him, I was, I was over the moon when we got him. But um, we really didn't help him in his first season. You know, we had Nagy, and and he was scheming for him as if he was Andy Dalton. No design runs in there, which is what he can do. They're not really doing that this year either. They they're really relying on our run. They just don't seem to trust him at the moment. He's got no weapons. Um, he's not helping himself. He's not picking up on protections that he needs to do. And some of his throws have been really... The two interceptions at the weekend were really, really bad. And when they switched to it on um, on red zone and watch this play from Justin Fields, I'm like, please, please, not an interception. <laughs> chucks it straight down. I think it was Jalen Petrie's throw. I was like, oh, man. And yeah, I'm... Um, I don't know how to feel about it because I love him, but he's not helping him. We're not helping him. It's just a bad situation all around. We're running it a million times a game for some reason. I think we've gone back to the 1980s, but yeah, it's disappointing. Yeah, I was so high on him. Uh, There's still a chance, obviously. The talent is really is there. You can throw downfield. We've not really done that. They've not really let him throw at all. So there's, there's trust issues both sides. So I don't know. I don't know where it goes. I really don't. It's, um, I mean, there's not even much point talking about trading him or anything like that because, I mean, no one's really trading for him, are they? And the price you're going to get for him is just just worth holding on, isn't he? He's, uh, yeah, it's tough, but yeah, if you've got any options, you can't really start him at the moment, can you? At the moment, no. I think you got no. two points at the weekend. Yeah, yeah. it's, um, I mean, I've got a league, well, one of the leagues we're in together. I think you're in that on Mars. Where I've, start, I've got Mitch, Geno Smith and... Uh, and him, so that is a wow. yeah, tough, is, yeah. tough times. <laughs> that is a not great, but yeah, you really feels, need to but, play all three and combine their score. Yeah. Oh, and it <laughs> st- still probably doesn't add up to a proper proper yeah. quarterback. Uh, yeah, not ideal, but yeah, he's um, yeah, he is a tough, tough player to start right now. But I mean, hopefully, you can get it right. But I mean, there's just bad signs there, isn't there? But yeah, it, it's I, I think it's more hope than anything that uh, that he can get it back. Right, we will move on. I won't make you go through that too much longer. Um, <laughs> we'll move on to our college focus. Um, we're going to look at a player coming through next year. Um, what have you done so far? Running back and a wide receiver, I think, isn't it? Um, so we're going to move on to a quarterback. I mean, David, do you want to take us away on this one? Where are we going this week? So, yeah, we, we obviously had that um, league recently, the Future League, where we, we picked um, 23 rookies early. So we had to do a bit of research into them. So I, I did a bit of research on the quarterbacks and watched some tape. And 
Will Levis from uh, the Kentucky Wildcats. They compete in the uh, East Division of the uh, SEC. So it's a fairly competitive college level. Uh, he was a three-star recruit out of Xavier High School in Connecticut. He was initially recruited to Penn State, but he redshirted the whole of 2018 and he played two games across 2019 and 2020. So barely any football. He entered the transfer portal in 2021 and he headed to Kentucky after that. Started all 13 games for Kentucky. He went 10 and 3 and showed elements of, of what he could be, really, through for over 2,800 yards. And he also rushed for 376 yards. He's a big boy. He's 6'3 and he's 232 pounds. And they always compare him. You know, they like to compare the, the, these people to people that have come before them. He is always compared to Josh Allen. He's, um, he's got a very similar running style to Josh Allen, where he's powerful. And once he gets going, he's tough to bring down. Josh Allen at the combine run a 4.7540, and Will Levis at high school was tested at a 4.80, so 0.5, well, what is it, five hundredths of a second slower. But yeah, they're very, very similar in the way they move. They're both very, very big men. He's got a massive arm like Josh Allen as well. He's got a quick release, and he's got lots of velocity on his throws. Um, when I've watched him, he needs a bit of work on his touch and he's very, very raw. He's like a very early Josh Allen where he was raw in his throws and some of the decisions he made were raw and the arm gets him out of a lot of trouble. But um, the major fascination with him at the minute is tied to the development of Josh Allen because people see the tangibles that Will Levis has got. They see he's similar to Josh Allen in what he's got and they're like, if Josh Allen can be developed and can develop like that way that he has, maybe they can do that with Will Levis. And I think that's what a lot of people see with him. But from a talent standpoint, yeah, it's definitely all there. It's just how he develops and how he puts it all together. But um, this season, Kentucky hired Rich Gangarello. You know, he previously used to be in the NFL with the 49ers and he's kind of seen as a, as a quarterback whisperer and, and an offensive coordinator. That um, He runs the West Coast offense and people saw that as a really good way for Will Levis to develop at quarterback this year and, add some NFL concepts to his game. Um, he's on target to improve all of his passing stats from previous year. Um, he's in the top half of the Heisman winner odds. Kentucky are currently 4-0 uh, and zero on the season. And a couple of weeks ago, they managed to beat Florida, who contain Anthony Richardson, another quarterback prospect who's been comped to Cam Newton in, in that he's very big. He's mm. a runner. He's got a massive arm as well. But... Um, yeah, they beat Florida and, and Anthony Richardson didn't have a very good game. But um, he's been mocked in the top 15 um, through all positions. But as always with quarterbacks, he could have a late rise up the board. The intangibles are there and you're going to hear Josh Allen mentioned with him for the whole process going forward um, next year. So people will cling to that and that might get him up the boards even further. But he's usually the third mocked quarterback behind CJ Stroud and Bryce Young currently. So yeah, it just depends how the rest of the season plays out. I don't think he'll rise above those two because those two are really good, but um, he's one to keep an eye on as well. He's probably in that tier with Richardson as well. And maybe Tyler Van Dyke, although Tyler Van Dyke had a bit of a nightmare last weekend. So, but yeah. He's one of them players that, I think people will fall in love with when he's like, you know, just unexpectedly, because it's unexpectedly high, you know, coming come near the draft and we'll hear weird reports how someone's spooked by young size or something like that. And, you know, they got got him up there. But yeah, I think he's definitely behind those two, but he's definitely someone I could see end up being like a top five pick if 
So I'm mm. really, really fools for him. I mean, what do you think, Miles? A player you like? Yeah, I mean, he's already over 1,100 yards this season. Yeah. And at the weekend, he threw like, I think he threw a 70 and a 69-yard touchdown or something like that. Like, he's just, yeah, as, as you know, as David said, he's got, he's got a big arm. And, you know, it's his throw on the run's pretty good as well. He's just, yeah, looks like a really good talent. Was a bit messy last year with 13 interceptions, but he's, you know, as yeah, very raw, but still a really, really, really good talent. Um, Mel Kuyper actually has Will Will at number four ahead of Bryce Young um, on his big board. So that's something to maybe look out for if now the big dogs yeah. of the draft are now rating him ahead of who we thought last year would probably be the 101. So, yeah. Quite. I, I can definitely see it because I think he's one of them players that coaches and all these people will just love. You know, they'll, they'll see him and they'll just see so much stuff that they can work with, won't they? And yeah, I think we always see this player, this type of player. I mean, a big arm goes a long way, doesn't it? We've seen some players that I don't think are half as talented as him probably go quite high. And yeah, it's going to be really interesting heading into draft next year. Mister, the thing is, is, you know what these NFL guys are like. He's got the huge arm. He's a big boy. They like a big boy, don't they? He's, yeah. he's arm, and he can move. He can run. He, he's cut the running down a little bit this year. He's not got as much as he is. He's not run as much as he previously used to. So he's trying to strictly work from the pocket. But they're gonna they're gonna fall in love with the intangibles as they always do. It's just whether that can be developed. Yeah, and that highlight reel is gonna look pretty good as well, isn't it? I think uh, yeah, exactly, yeah. next year. Um, right, well, we are going to move on to well, the trades and poachers. I don't think there was any poachers across the leagues this week, which is disappointing, but <laughs> we, had, we, had a, we had a number of trades and some uh, pretty big ones in there. Um, first up, we've got Waddle, who I think it's the first time I've seen trade this year, um, who has been traded for DJ Moore, Elijah Mitchell, and a 24 first. I mean, two players on that side of the draft that, I mean, people are pretty down on, obviously, Mitchell injured and more struggling with uh, Mayfield there, but I mean, which side do you like in this? Waddle's been pretty good so far, hasn't he? So, I mean, is, it, is there just a bit of upside on the other side, or would you rather take Waddle? No, I like the Waddle side way more. Like, I just again, I, it looks like a lot at face value, but when you think about it, more is I like more, but it just almost feels a little bit overrated sometimes because people keep talking about what he can be if he had a good quarterback. Then this season, people are always oh, got the best quarterback he's ever had, and he still sucks. So, uh, yeah. And then 24 first, it's too far away. It doesn't matter. That's basically, it's nothing. So, those picks in the future almost, I devalue maybe too much. But I also, big believer in just going all out to get your guy. It, I don't think it's an overpay, but I would still overpay for someone like Waddle. Yeah, good deal. I like it. I mean, David, I think you've. You, you're a, you've been a more fan in the past, haven't you? I think you've uh, tried to trade for Mitchell a few times. How, how do you feel about this one? Yeah, I really, I really, really like DJ Moore. He, he's put up three consecutive 1,100 uh, yards a season um, for three years. So yeah, I think he's been really good. But I think he's just he's now come into the uh, the Baker Mainfield wide receiver killer. Um, <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I love more, but I don't love his situation this year. So I'm a waddle on that side. Elijah Mitchell, I'm not sure he's ever going to capture what he did last year. And the churn of the running backs in San Francisco worries me. 
as Miles said, the 24 first is too far away. So, yeah, Waddle on that side. But, yeah, I do really like DJ Moore. So, yeah, that pushes it up a little bit for me, but still the Waddle side. Um, second trade we had. Um, this was obviously before the injury occurred, yeah. but um, it's Dalvin Cook, a 24 third, um, for a 23 first and a 23 second. I mean, obviously pre-injury. I think this is a pretty decent trade, isn't it? this is pretty fair i think i think that trade was probably in the final window of being able to sell dalvin cook for a 2023 first um so yeah i think again he's a good win now piece but i think if you're not competing you need to bin him off for a first if you can because there's a lot of good running backs in this class that you can replace him with and yeah i just i love i love dalvin cook i really do but You've got to know one of the hardest things about Dynasty is knowing when to sell your guys yeah. for max value. And this feels like the time. First and second for him in a loaded class is pretty good. I don't think you're going to get much better than that. So, yeah, it looks like a good deal for the Cook seller. I, think, yeah, I, think... I, I, I love Dalvin Cook. Um, he's been one of my favorite running backs. I love to watch him. He, he glides over the ground. He's so good to watch. He catches well. I really, really like him. But I sold him this summer. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as much as you like people, you, you have, as Miles said, you have to get out when you can. And yeah, I mean, if you look at that trade there, if that 23 first is high and you're getting Bijan Robinson, then you're not too disappointed, are you? Yeah. I think it's as well, knowing what the value of your own first rounders is likely to be, isn't it? I think that does matter because some people just see a 23 first and don't really think too much whether it's going to be, you know, back end of the first or top four yeah. pick or something. Because, I mean, if you're on a contender, then... That's pretty decent value, isn't it? If you're going, if you if yeah. you think your pick's going to be sort of nine, ten, eleven, twelve, then then yeah, so it's pretty decent there. But yeah, I think I think you're right though. Sell at the right time, and uh, when this person has got out just just in time. Um, yeah. Next trade, um, another cook. It is uh, James Cook, a twenty-three third, a twenty-four first for Austin Eckler. Um, a pretty similar trade in a lot of ways, isn't it? I think it's a uh, a pretty similar sort of value overall, I would guess. Um, I mean, how do you feel about this one? I mean, obviously, Eckler a bit healthier, but um, still similar sort of age, isn't he? And uh, similar sort of similar sort of time of his career. Yeah, I've never uh, really been a massive Eckler fan. I like it. he's obviously got a good skill set, but I don't ever. I mean, last year he proved me wrong, and I never thought he'd ever be a, a true bell cow. And he, only last year he was excellent, but. Um, it depends on how you view James Cook. Do you ever see James Cook being a bell cow as well? That they could be a, they could be a very a fairly similar player in future. They could be very similar players. So, just just yeah, I guess it depends how you see James Cook going forward. Will he ever be a true bell cow? I mean, will there even will there even be true bell cows in the league? I mean, the way it's going, it's all committees. So, mm. yeah, just it depends how you view Cook going forward. You're going to get production from Eckler this year. I know they've cut down on his use so much, but me and you were speaking about that this last week, Dave. I think they're more trying to save him for later in the year, I think, personally. Just running Michelle and um, uh, Josh Kelly on, on early downs and, and like garbage work. And I think they're trying to preserve yeah. Eckler a little bit. So, yeah, I don't I don't know on that one, really. What about you, Miles? What do you think? Uh, I actually really like it. I think, I think again, Eckler's coming towards... He's in a big, he's in a good sell window right now. So I think 
James Cook. I know I said about uh, 24 first being a while away, but if you're rebuilding, that's a good rebuilding move to get a young piece like James Cook. Mm. A third is like whatever. I like thirds. I think they're the best value picks. I always try and get a third thrown in and everything. Um, I think I've got like four thirds in one league coming up, but yeah. And then the 24 first is, yeah, it's a good, it's a good rebuilding deal. Wouldn't really do it in any other scenario, but yeah, I think Ekela, now's the time to maximize his value because I think after this year, I know, I know Isaiah Spiller isn't getting any work, but I think they drafted him in mind of taking work off Ekela because they know the end is near, you know, he's what, 27, 28 now. So it's kind of, you know, that's, that's old for running back. So yeah, I like the deal from a, a rebuilding point of view. Yeah, so I, I do wonder if we will start seeing them sort of unleash Eckler a little bit with all those injuries they've got there. Because I mean, they're they quickly running out of time to uh, hold him back for stuff, aren't they? But yeah, definitely an interesting trade that one. Um, next up, I mean, a man that seems to get traded more than any other wide receiver. I think it's Mike Evans, who went for just a twenty-three first straight up. Um, and I guess this is one of them trade it's all about where your team is at, isn't it? If you uh, mm-hmm. need a wide receiver now, then great. But if not, then uh, no one else is trading for Mike Evans, are they? No, I, th- I think when when he's fit, he's going to get a lot of volume. I mean, he did last year, and I think he will this year. But um, I got out on Evans a couple of years ago just because he, he seemed to either score zero or be heavily reliant on touchdowns. But then last year, that kind of blew up in my face where he got a lot of volume as well. So... Yeah, this is this is a, a massive win now move because I think Evans later in the season is going to get a lot of volume. He's uh yeah, he's just a really good solid wide receiver with me, but yeah, definitely at that back end of his career and yeah, a pretty simple move this one. Right, next up we've got a yeah, a bit of an interesting trade really. I'm not really sure how I feel about this one, but it's a Gallup for Juju and a 23 seconds. I mean, Miles, what do you think of that one? Um well, I'm actually quite high on Gallup, so for me I like it because again, not really a big Juju guy. I do, I do like him, but I just think that I think everyone thought, oh, he's with Mahomes now. That's it, he's going off. But Mahomes is so good; he doesn't need to rely on one receiver. He can just throw it to whoever he, he wants. And I think we're seeing a lot of that. Um, the second in that deal is, I mean, I like you know second in the good class, but I think you know Gallup is worth a bit. He's again, he's in that weird zone of he's definitely not worth a first, but a second would be too little. So I think Juju just tipped the scale for that seller. But I personally like the deal. I I, I have I would rather have Gallup in my team, but don't know if I want to pay that much. But yeah, I like yeah. it. So that that Cowboys offense definitely got room for him, hasn't it? But uh, mm. yeah, gonna be an interesting one. So when Dan um... comes back. That was actually my trade, so I can probably give you some uh, some background into it. So um, I, I was I had Michael Gallup. I've had him for uh, since I think I might have drafted him with that side, but um, I think he's my wide receiver six or seven. He's he's low down on my depth, and out of the blue, I got offered uh, Juju in a second, and it, for me, it was just a chance to pick up a second. And I've always yeah, liked Juju. Yeah. Yeah, it was just a good chance to get the second and Juju's a good option if I need him at any point during the season. So, And Juju's younger as well, which was um, surprising to me. But yeah, Juju's younger. So I, Dave, you know, I've always liked Juju, but um, yeah. it was just a, good, just a good chance for me to get the second and just get a, a Yeah, nice cash in on the depth, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that's the thing as well. When you can, 
I think people sometimes are a bit afraid to trade away their debt for a little bit. And obviously, you don't want to get rid of it all of all of it. But yeah. I mean, sometimes you can just have players just wasting away on your bench, can't you? And if you can convert a couple of those into a bigger player, and um, you know. yeah, I'm really trying that in one of my in my home dynasty league. I've got. Andrews is my tight end one, and then Goddard on the bench, and no one's buying him. I'm offering him out every single day. No one wants him. He's <laughs> tight end eight or something like that, which means that there are four other teams in the league that have a tight end worse than him. So, yeah, it's, yeah. it's it, you do have to cash in on the depth, but sometimes it's hard to yeah. let go of, you know, the guys that you like. Yeah, for sure. Um, one final trade. I mean, a player we've already mentioned. Um, KJ Osborne and a 23 fifth. Um, I don't really know where the fifth come into play there. Um, <laughs> uh, for Higby, um, David, do you want to take this one? I mean, you've already mentioned Osborne. I'm assuming you like yeah. the Osborne side in this one. Yeah, I like the Osborne side. I mean, you can pretty much discount that fifth, can't you? It's just yeah. the Osborne for Higby, isn't it? So, um, Higby's doing well this year, though. He's getting a, he's getting a lot of work this year, and I've, I've picked him up in one league just because. I didn't draft tight ends for loads and loads of rounds. And then Higby was around at the end. It was like, oh, I'll pick him up. And um, I've been playing him. He's been doing really well. Yeah. But yeah, long long term, Osborne's the one I'd want out of that side. Yeah, for sure. Miles, agree? Yeah, I think I think, um, I think fifths are, well, I mean, it's it's a nice throw in because drafting's fun. So that's why you get asked for a fifth because you're like, oh, I want to want to draft once more. But yeah, I think I prefer the uh, KJ side there think he has i think well i think he has long-term value um providing that they don't bring anyone in um later down the line which you know who knows but yeah higby because of positional scarcity he obviously has value but yeah. a lot of people have a better tight end um starting so yeah i like i like the depth of kj over yeah. higby there oh, that's a good point though about the vikings they're definitely a team that you could see trade for someone in the next sort of before the deadline, what's the deadline? Or just, or just, I'm thinking maybe even next season, just drafting yeah. someone else, you know. But yeah, I guess we'll see. Yeah, but I, again, like KJ, so yeah. The previous regime under um, it was the guy there, um, previous GM, he drafted uh, there was the um, wide receivers really, really well. What was his name? Oh, I can't think of his name. <laughs> oh, there's, there's so many. I'll, I'll lose track, but yeah. Yeah, he had a really good record of drafting wide receivers. And um, Osborne was one of his last drafts, along with uh, Smith Marset, who they've now released. But um, yeah, they had a really good record with their wide receivers. Even um, Phelan was um, an undrafted free agent. So they, they did well with their wide receivers. Yeah, it's um, definitely an interesting spot there. Um, well, I guess that brings us to the end. I mean, three weeks in. David, how's your how are your fantasies and like leagues going so far? Going well or or struggling a bit? My my redraft has been an absolute disaster. Um, I think I've got one win across four leagues in the first three. <laughs> in our, in our home league in the ACL league, I think um, everyone's having a week against me. I think I'm the most scored upon player in the league. Everyone everyone cashes in against me. So yeah, I'm. I'm I'm near the bottom of the league, zero and three. So yeah, I've got a long haul ahead in that. But yeah, redraft's going all right. Um, three and zero in in a few leagues, and, and two and one, and there's a couple where I'm one and two and stuff like that. But yeah, it's, overall in the dynasty's going well. But redraft, yeah, might have to give it up next year. <laughs> After that redraft, what about you, Miles? Good start to um, season so far. Yeah, I mean that that uh, team in the Ryan Suckup league that I uh, inherited kind of did some work on that in the off season and we're two and one very happy with that but uh yeah just i was went went all right the weekend five and four across my nine leagues but 
I just I did too much tinkering with one of my teams and just ruined it. If I'd gone with the same lineup in my home redraft league as I did last week, I would have won by a lot. But I think with it, I put Tua in over David, uh, Derek Carr and put Curtis Samuel in over Hollywood. Silly move. And then, yeah, that kind of blew up in my face. So too much gambling, too much tinkering. But most of the leagues I've done pretty well. One in the podcast league, that's all that matters. I think I'm all in three in that league, which is... Uh pretty dreadful um <laughs> yeah yeah i went free yes you are <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it's not not a good start to that one um and you 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 had a good you you laughed at me for drafting hurts and now look well i just i just i, where I, I still don't like him i still don't like him i still don't like him i never will uh like there are two i'm worried about though you know like worried about my takes on those but um <laughs> yeah I, I, i'll still i'll, I'll still uh, only believe it once they play someone decent but unfortunately i don't think that happens until like the playoffs really now so uh might, ne- might never get to find that out um but yeah i mean i think that wraps it up i mean where, where can people find you miles and all your stuff uh, twitter on at miles burrell and david what are you uh at adjust ranking 20 and um let's say said it earlier but yeah make sure you uh give us a follow this week we are going to be yeah live from saints practice um vikings as well on friday so if uh, saints are in a week so yeah plenty of uh chance to speak to some players there and uh yeah get some uh good stuff so yeah make sure you listen out for all of that um but until well uh when they back first Thursday evening I think the next show uh but yeah we'll be back next week with a fantasy show but yeah until then we'll see you later <laughs>